Hello and welcome to the one 160 of a second photography podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about my thoughts on micro four thirds cameras. But before I do, I just want to say that this podcast episode is sponsored by purpleports.com. So this story starts on a hot summer's day, not this summer though, some summers ago. I was so happy when I walked past a group of photographers because they were laden down with their kit. They all had rucksacks, they all had DSLRs, they all had flasks, water, everything. And I walked past and I said hello and we sort of exchanged pleasantries. And I was walking past with a small micro four thirds body slung around my hip with a vintage lens attached to the front. And I was on a hike and I continued my hike because it was late in the afternoon. When I'd been driving out to work, I'd driven past this tree and this tree always fascinated me and I thought this would make an excellent photograph. I'd planned to walk up to this tree because there wasn't anywhere close I could park with my Micro Four Thirds camera because I had a good telephoto lens that was vintage because the tree was in the middle of a field as well. So I couldn't get into the field. So I did need a long reach and I decided I'd hike there one day after work. I packed up my kits and I, I set off just in a pair of shorts, just one camera, with a lens attached and as I left the what must have been just a photography group who were going somewhere else completely unrelated I felt a bit sorry for them on a hot summer's day laden down with their heavy kit and it was one of those hot summer's days where you can sort of see the air evaporating off the road because it's that hot which in some parts of the world is probably quite common but fairly uncommon in the UK. I wanted an Olympus viewfinder for a Canon camera that I had that didn't have a viewfinder. I mainly used a particular lens on this camera, so it meant that the field of view was always fairly fixed. So I wanted a 35mm optical viewfinder. Now you can get various ones, but they all seem to be very expensive. Olympus did one that was a 17mm optical viewfinder for their Micro Four Thirds cameras, and it it should be paired with the 17mm lens. So when you factor in the crop, you get a 35mm field of view. So I was quite interested in this, but it was ridiculous expensive it was sort of 90 pounds 100 pounds some had to be imported from japan i couldn't buy them new they're all used but it was just a lot of money and one day i came across a package on ebay that was 40 pounds for a camera battery charger and this viewfinder i was after so i snapped it up and I ended up getting an Olympus EPL-1. So that was the, the Olympus's first Micro Four Thirds camera. And I didn't buy it for that camera, I bought it for the viewfinder. But I got a few lenses, I got a, a few cheap lenses for the camera, and I started using it, I really liked it. It was a small camera. It had interchangeable lenses. It had in-body image stabilization. It had some arty pop filters built into it, which at the time was quite novel. Now it's quite commonplace. After using that for a bit, I upgraded to the the OMD EM10, which is an excellent Micro Four Thirds camera. That's how I got into Micro Four Thirds completely by accident. And what I like about the Micro Four Thirds system is they're quite lightweight and they're very good for landscape photography. Hence why I started my story about the camera I took on my hike to take a picture of something and walking past the DSLR brigade or the DSLR camera club. I was so I felt so lucky that day to just have a very small micro four thirds camera with me but what else do i like about micro four thirds well they're incredibly small and light they've got a good selection of lenses you get evfs and you get proper controls like on a dslr and evfs can be quite good compared to optical sometimes i prefer an optical there are scenarios where i prefer an evf because an evf allows you 
to see the image you're going to capture. With an EVF, you see what image you're going to get at those settings you have. You get a choice of brands. Olympus and Panasonic teamed up to do Micro Four Thirds. So you can pick Olympus or you can pick Panasonic. And each has slight benefits, really. So Olympus has really good in-body image stabilization. I always see Olympus are the ones to pick for stills, whereas Panasonic are very good at video. The Olympus video is okay, but it's not a touch on Panasonic. So I sort of see Panasonic as being for video and Olympus for stills. And you can mount lots of different lenses on them. So you can mount old vintage lenses. Now, what's good about vintage lenses is they have a certain aesthetic, but they're plentiful and they're cheap. So when I wanted a special lens for doing telephoto work, I got an old vintage lens and it was 20 quid, but it was a very good lens, particularly for 20 pounds. And it enabled me to do some really good telephoto work with a micro four thirds camera. Of course, you need to buy an adapter, but they're cheap. Using vintage lenses on, on mirrorless cameras are really good. It's a real good selling point. So I did some portrait shoots with my Micro Four Thirds body and I used it for family images too, taking the camera out with me for family events and, and places I went with my family. And the one limitation I found was that the depth of field was not comparable to a DSLR. And the other thing is while it's light and small, and that goes for the body and the lenses, both are lighter and smaller than their DSLR counterparts, it's not truly pocketable unless you get a very small lens. And even a small lens I had, I didn't feel was pocketable. So let's talk about the depth of field and crop factors, because this became the crux of an issue for me when dealing with micro four thirds cameras. First of all, when talking about crop and field of view, we always compare to a 35 millimeter film size. So a digital full frame sensor is approximately the same size as a single 35mm film frame. An APS-C sensor is about 40% smaller than a full frame digital sensor and a micro four thirds sensor is about the quarter of a size of a full frame sensor. The difference in sensor size gives something called a crop factor. So Canon APS-C sensors have a crop factor of 1.6 when compared to a full frame. That means they zoom in or they appear to zoom in 1.6 times more than a full frame camera. Nikon APS-C has a crop factor of 1.5 and micro four third cameras have a crop factor of 2 and 1 inch sensor cameras like the Sony RX100 have a crop factor of 2.7. Now without getting complicated and you know maybe I'm going to do an episode on crop factors in the future you apply the crop factor to the focal length and the depth of field and by depth of field I mean really the aperture value. So let's take a 20 millimeter f2 lens and put it on a full frame body. So we get a focal length of 20 millimeters which is wide angle and we get a depth of field if we set the lens at f2 to what you would expect to see on an f2 lens or a lens set to f2. Put that same lens on a Canon APS-C body and the focal length is the equivalent to a 32 millimeter focal length in full frame terms. So let's just say it's 35, it's easier. Now 35 millimeters isn't a wide angle. It's wider than some, but I wouldn't say it's as wide as 20, certainly not. And the depth of field, if you had your lens set to f2, would be equivalent to a lens that is set to f3.2 on a full frame camera. The same lens on a micro four thirds body would give a focal length of 40 millimeters with a depth of field that is equivalent to f4 on a full frame camera body. So depth of field just refers to how much is in focus or the distance of things in focus. So it might be three meters in focus. It might be 10 centimeters is the plane of focus. But generally, the higher the aperture value or the smaller the circle that lets light into your camera, the bigger the depth of field. So if you want to get everything in focus, like you might in a landscape image, you have a high aperture, maybe f8, f11, etc. So who cares about all that? Well, some people don't care at all and some people really care. 
or some people are very vocal about how much they care. Now I like to shoot people and I like to shoot portraits at shallow depths of the field. So I would generally shoot with an aperture of f2 or below. As I said, if you're doing landscape photography, you might shoot with an aperture of f8 to f11 to f16. Now I've only taken a few landscape images with the image I talked about at the start of the episode being one of them, but I've taken an awful lot of images of people and I've done an awful lot of portraits. So my concern with Micro Four Thirds that I found was it wasn't that good for doing the style of portraits I liked. I also found compared to a Canon DSLR, the flash facilities weren't good. It has flashes you can use with the system, but you have to generally control them via the onboard flash on the camera. You can't really get a host of decent wireless triggers like you can with Canon. Now I'm sure someone listening might say, ah, but you can get these ones. Well, when I had it, I couldn't find decent wireless triggers that could do high-speed sync. I can do high-speed sync via the on-camera flash, which is very impressive, but the problem is I'm going to put my flash in a softbox, so it's not really going to be line of sight and it's not really going to work. So I found, I found when I was doing portrait work, I always use my Canon DSLR. And I found that if I did any travel or any street photography or family images, I normally did it with a compact camera. So the Micro Four Thirds camera just wasn't getting used very much. It wasn't getting used as much as when I first got it. Now you might say, that's typical of the piece of kit. Some people, they get a new thing, they use it all the time. Um, yeah, maybe I'm true of that. But I just found I wasn't using Micro Four Thirds. And I wasn't using it for video either because video for me was better on a Canon. So I thought about selling the camera and the few lenses I had. Now, because while the crop factor had been a complete disadvantage for me, it's a huge advantage for a landscape photographer. So I said a landscape photographer might shoot at f11, f16 to get everything in focus. On a full frame DSLR, you would need to take fairly long exposure to be able to shoot at f11. But on a micro four thirds due to the crop factor, you can shoot at f5.6 and get the same depth of field as you would at f11. So you can shoot at a shorter exposure. You don't need to have such long exposure. Maybe that means you don't need to carry a tripod up a hill with you, which is great. Micro Four Thirds are really good for landscape photography. They're small, they're light, and you don't need such a high f-stop to get the depth of field that you require. Now recently, Olympus have brought out some pro lenses for Micro Four Thirds, and they have a low f-stop value but they still don't give the same depth of field as a DSLR. And I feel a DSLR presents better value for money. And I'm going to explain that with some examples. So I have the Olympus 45mm f1.8 lens. And when I was preparing for this podcast, I had a look on Amazon and it retailed for £209. I don't think I paid that for it. I think I paid a lot less for it than that. That's what its value is today on Amazon. And I'm using Amazon to compare for all. On a micro four thirds body, that gives a depth of field at its lowest value of 3.6. Olympus have brought out a 1.2 lens that's 45 millimeters, and that's one of their pro series lens. So once we factor in the crop factor, it gives an equivalent depth of field of 2.4 when compared to a full frame camera. But this lens costs £999 on Amazon. And again, it's a pro lens, so I'm sure it's very well built and it's weather sealed, but that's a huge jump in price. Now, if we wanted to get a equivalent depth of field, what could we get with a Canon or a DSLR? So looking at Canon, because that's what I own, the 85mm f1.4 lens, which I have, is £369 on Amazon. And if I use it with a full frame camera, I can get f1.8 aperture and I can get a depth of field of f1.8. 
which drastically beats the shallow depth of field I can achieve with the Olympus Pro lens and the Olympus consumer lens, the f1.8, and it's £369. You may say, ah, oh, but a micro four-thirds body might be cheaper than a DSLR. Yes, it might, but that is a huge difference in price. That's £630 difference in price, and you get better shallow depth of field. So let's say you're price conscious. Well, you can get a Canon 50mm f1.8 STM and you can put that on an APS-C body and that will give the equivalent focal length of 85mm. So the, the focal lengths aren't quite matching up. Olympus we've got 90 Canon we've got 85 but they're pretty much in the same ballpark. So that lens, the Canon 50mm f1.8, costs £103. So you could get a Canon lens and a Canon APS-C camera together for less than the cost of the Pro lens and there wouldn't be a huge difference in the shallow depth of field you could get. Let's multiply f1.8 by the crop factor of 1.6 for that Canon lens and that gives 2.88. Well compare that to the Olympus 45mm f1.2 which gives 2.4. There's not a great deal in it. You could also get the, the Sigma for Canon 18-35 f1.8 zoom lens, which is £641 on Amazon. And that would give, again, depth of field equivalent to 2.88 on a full-frame camera. So I guess what I'm saying is micro four-thirds are still great for landscape photography, perhaps even street photography. But for what I use them for, I don't think they're particularly good. There's a limitation due to that crop factor. You would need a lens with an aperture of 0.9, just to be on par with a 1.8 from a DSLR. Even those pro lenses that are still very expensive still don't get you the shallow depth of field you're after. I like the Micro Four Thirds system and I applaud Olympus and Panasonic for what they've achieved and bring some innovation to the camera market. Like I said, Panasonic do great video and a lot of people have Micro Four Thirds cameras just for the Panasonic video. Olympus are very good for stills. What I like about Olympus is you get an awful lot of bang for your buck. You get a tremendous host of features in their cameras and they are good cameras. But the problem is I do portraits mainly and I like to use flash. I just found the DSLR was king for me and in terms of portraits and using flash, nothing's really ever beaten it. Maybe something will in the future. But what do you think? Have I been a bit harsh on Micro Four Thirds or have I been completely fair? Do you prefer a DSLR or have you completely switched to the Micro Four Thirds or mirrorless system? So do get in contact or do leave a comment. So you can check me out on Twitter at 160SPpodcast or you can support the podcast via Patreon at patreon.com forward slash 160SPP. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Goodbye.